0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover. Uh, I'm an Alexander Technique teacher in Lincoln, Nebraska. And my guest today is Jacqueline Novikoff, an Alexander Technique teacher trainee in the Boston area. And she uh, is a singer, she is also a a private voice teacher. She's the mother of three boys. I bet that's a handful. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, well, best of all, she's an avid listener of this podcast. What more could we ask for? Jacqueline, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So (laughs)
0: um, could you start by by giving our viewers and listeners, when this becomes a podcast, um, your short elevator kind of description elevator description of the Alexander Technique
1: Uh, yes I'll give you the shortest Um, okay even though I think uh, teachers and people who learn the technique know that it can encompass many things but the shortest way I would say it is um, the Alexander Technique is a teaching method that helps you find more easy and efficient ways to use your body in daily life and in specialized activities
0: Right, that's good. And among the various specialized activities is, of course, singing, in which you are a singer. Um, so how did you first even hear about the technique? What was your very first realization that it exists? <laughs>
1: um, I, I found out about it first from my uh, voice teacher in my undergraduate conservatory training. Mm-hmm. Um, we had she was a new teacher in the school. She was, I think the only teacher that had had Alexander training. Mm -hmm. She was, is not a, I don't know if she is now, but she, at the time, at least she was not a certified Alexander teacher, but she had studied a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And she introduced um, everyone in my studio to ideas of like breathing over the ball so that you can notice um, the width and length and depth of your breath and your spine gathering and lengthening Mm -hmm. uh, during breath. Um, We, she would do this funny thing, which um, I never experienced from an actual Alexander teacher, but she'd kind of come up behind us and like uh, put, like put her knee next to ours to kind of make sure our knees were unlocked and our hips were unlocked a little bit Mm -hmm. um, and talked a lot about connecting through the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, I also remember her saying this to me and, and I didn't register at the time that And she was, she was just wonderful. So the way that I remember it is not in a mean way at all, but she kind of said, commented to me that like, I was a highly strung person. (laughs) Um, And that's, and I I think she did use those words, but it was not in a mean way at all, even though I don't think I would say that to someone. Um, But I realized eventually that what she meant was that um, the habits of tension and um, I guess, uh, and stress, dealing with stress that I dealt with in my daily life was affecting my singing mm-hmm. and that it was getting in the way of my singing. Right. And uh, I, I did not understand that for a long time. I went off to graduate school. Mm-hmm. I had um, a bad experience there with teachers. And that actually led me to a place where I, I couldn't produce sound without it hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was very actually kind of a wake up about there is something in my life that is causing me this pain when I sing and produce sound, which mm-hmm. was just like Alexander's. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Situation.
0: Right.
1: Um, a few years later, um, I, uh, would get a sore throat just reading a book to my, to my baby, to my first son. Mm-hmm. Um, and around that time, I, I guess maybe a little after when I was about, um, I guess when my son was about three years old, mm-hmm. I got um, a smartphone for the first time <laughs> and I started listening uh, to your, your podcast.
0: Wow, okay. <laughs> um,
1: and, and I had not been to a voice teacher because uh-huh. I was like very um, uh, self-conscious and I just felt like I couldn't take any kind of criticism, even if it was well-intentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I wanted to somehow climb out of this hole that I was in.
0: Right. And so you found the teacher and started taking lessons.
1: So I, I listened to your podcast for about two right. years. Oh, Okay. <laughs> um, one, Oh yeah. One or two years before I did that. Um, and I remember some very uh, actually, and I kind of started working with myself. So I remember some of the episodes on TMJ mm-hmm. um, that, that you had, there were two episodes. So yep. I started yep. doing some, trying those things. Uh Um, and then I went to a teacher, um, Uh and then I had my second son and things got crazy, Uh but then they got so crazy that I felt like I needed to go back to lessons. So, Uh (laughs) um, I made time for that. Uh And then eventually I, um, I, I felt like I wanted more. And I know you had said in your podcast, well, a, a training program is a great way to get more. (laughs) Yes, that is. Alexander for yourself. And that's why
0: a lot of people join training programs.
1: Yes. It's a pretty
0: intense process and you learn a lot and you may decide to teach and you you may incorporate it in your singing or teaching or whatever. Yeah.
1: And additionally, I am someone in my family who also probably, you know, has the same, had the same patterns of Mm -hmm. holding on to stress. Mm -hmm. Um, They were going to like massage therapists and doctors and trying to find someone to fix them or Mm. to do something to them to make them feel better. Mm. And I saw them do it and spend so much um, money and time in to that, something that was treating the symptom, but not the cause. And I I didn't wanna go down that road. I wanted, if I was gonna spend time and money, (laughs) I wanted it to be treating the cause and something that I could help myself with and not depend on other people to do it for me.
0: So how long did it take in terms of lessons before it became clear to you that this work was going to help you with those issues?
1: Um, so uh, I did have a reduction in neck and shoulder pain, mm-hmm. um, I guess, after after I was in the training for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was something that just went away slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day I realized, hey, like, I don't feel as old. <laughs> Like, um, and, uh, and my back eventually, like I, you know, I was picking up my kids all the time, um, doing chores around the house. I did have lower back pain and Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well, I'm just getting old, but that also disappeared.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So So that's pretty, pretty good indication
0: that it, that it was helpful. Yeah. So, um, so I assume that you apply the basic Alexander ideas to daily life, um, vacuuming stuff like that uh, but uh have you f- have you found it helpful to apply it to teaching singing
1: Ab- absolutely Wish um it. so be- i had benefits in my own singing um even before i started my training um mm-hmm. i had had a, you know a very tight jaw i had a habit of keeping my teeth together holding my teeth together all day clenching right. at night um and working with myself um and just whenever I noticed my teeth were together, just allowing them to come apart. It was mm-hmm. very helpful in my own singing. Um, I had had a habit of my jaw opening to one side mm-hmm. unevenly during mm-hmm. singing. And I was able to just let that habit go mm-hmm. um, with, I mean, of course the body is foundational, foundational to the voice to voice production. So mm-hmm. um, talking to my students about, you know, notice, you know, continuing to keep the lower their lower body and their self as a whole in the, the picture of themselves singing mm-hmm. is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking about the movement of the whole torso during breath and the whole spine, um, mm-hmm. talking about um, relying on the core muscles, the, cu- the muscles very close to the spine mm-hmm. to uh, provide you support so that the external layers of muscle in the torso can be uh, soft and flexible for the movement of breathing
0: right, right. Singing, that's yep. very
1: helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. and and do you find those that they're able to pick up on those ideas pretty easily um it,
1: it depends on the student um mm-hmm. uh, i work with mostly high school age and a few younger students
0: oh okay and,
1: okay. and i the way i think about it is just sort of introducing this, these ideas and this way of thinking to them. Um, we also, are also like means whereby versus end gaming, getting them to think more in a process-based way rather than a result-based way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like I'm planting these seeds.
0: Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And what are what are your plans when you qualify to become a teacher? Do you plan to teach Alexander lessons uh, as well as singing lessons using
1: Alexander ideas. Um, I think so. Um, yeah. I'm not sure where it's going to go, but uh-huh. the technique has helped me be more comfortable with uncertainty.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um,
1: so I, I'm just going to start something and start on that path, a path and see what other paths open up.
0: Right, right. So, um, for anyone who is a singer or a singing teacher specifically, who's listening to or watching this, is there any bit of advice you could give them just in terms of, um, well, maybe why they might want to explore the technique? I mean, you've talked about your experience, but do you have any, if if you have any other advice for people who are in that profession?
1: Yes. Um, luckily, um, many voice teachers now are into some kind of um, activity, whether it's Alexander Technique or yoga or Feldenkrais. They're, in, they're into some kind of body awareness uh, mm-hmm. field or I, yeah, approach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it is more well known that um, when you're using your body well, your voice will work better. Mm -hmm. But um, if voice teachers um, are trying to correct individual things that are going on with the voice, but not addressing um, the the fundamentals uh, structure underneath, Mm -hmm. then they're not going to be able to help their students Mm -hmm. uh, as well. And the students will have a harder time correcting those specific, you know, voice related issues and and
0: and that's because uh, everything is connected with everything else in our body and that that's one of the big points that alexander uh the discoverer of this work made i mean he he said you can't just isolate out some part with you without affecting everything it just doesn't work that way yeah And I like that idea of of you're telling your students just be aware they have this entire body. Uh, I've noticed when I've I've worked with um, high school kids sometimes in the summer solo singer workshop here and just getting getting them to realize that their entire body is producing the sound without any even any Alexander directions, you might say just that thought can make a huge difference in how, in someone's voice. So, yeah. Anything else you want to add?
1: Um, uh, I, I have thought about the many ways that um, I've changed throughout the study of the technique. And um, one of the things is that my uh, understanding of what learning is, is totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that learning is just sort of putting stuff in someone's brain. Like just putting on more um i didn't realize that it could involve like letting some things go when you didn't need them anymore or when they weren't serving you or if they were wrong
0: oh Um, okay that's yeah that's very alexandrian
1: yes yes that's
0: uh uh, the alexander technique is you know most people think about solving a problem by doing some new thing and the Alexander Technique approach is, well, first, let's just see if you're already doing something that's getting in your way. So as you say, maybe letting go of some earlier learning, you might say, to make room for, for the new. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and it may have been that, uh, and uh, especially, you know, with our habits, we may have needed that habit in the past. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But,
1: but now yeah. it's just not serving us the way we had needed it before so we can let it go yeah uh,
0: yeah
1: the same with ideas sometimes
0: yeah that's oh, that's a good point i had never really thought about it in that wider context but sure yeah yeah well um anything else you want to add sure sure (laughs) go ahead many
1: connections i've thought about um, Uh um i have also noticed that like in my regular life I'm less reactive um, to ideas I disagree with so Mm -hmm. instead of just having that uh first visceral reaction um to an idea that I might disagree with or I'm uncomfortable with um I'm I'm able to maybe have a question come up first you know I guess first just sort of inhibit that reaction if I'm noticing that that's coming up Mm -hmm. um, and letting go of um
0: any idea of what I think is going to happen
1: next. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah, a
0: powerful tool. Yes. For just getting through life, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, All, right. Yeah. All right, so um, maybe this would be a good point to end the interview. Um, my uh, my guest today is, is uh, Jacqueline Novikov. She's a singer, a private voice teacher, and an Alexander Technique trainee in the Boston area. And when do, when are you going to uh, be a uh, certified teacher?
1: Um, probably in about a year from now. Well, so,
0: I'm going to yeah. put a link to her website uh, by the interview and um, check check it out if you're in the Boston area. Do, does your school have practice teaching uh, for people who are not we fully? Yes, we do. And yeah. could someone contact you about that? In yes,
1: I, I think I think that's one of the best parts of um, the the training. Right.
0: Um, so be, you'd yeah. you'd be teaching someone before you're certified, but maybe under the supervision of, uh, of, a, of a more senior teacher, right? right. Uh, that's how it was in my day, anyway. Well, I'll put a link to her site. I also put a link to a site. Um, About specifically about the Alexander technique and musicians and also one about the Alexander technique generally so Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much.